Hello, my name is Chris Montgomery, and today I'm coming to you from our Founders Chapel here on the Fraser campus in Montgomery, Alabama. Thank you so much for tuning in and watching this service today. Let's begin with prayer. Father, we come to you right now in this moment, and we pray that once again you would speak to us. Lord, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and receptive hearts for what you have for us today. We pray this in Jesus' good and powerful name. Amen. Amen. Life is about stewardship. Don't tune me out too quickly. Life is about stewardship. And stewardship is about rightly handling the gifts we have been given. And we as Christians believe that every good gift is from God. And so stewardship is about rightly handling all of life. And in life, there are many things, good things, that God brings into our life. Today, I want to talk about one of those, one in particular. And that is the gift of language. Language. It is amazing that we can make sounds, form words, and communicate to another person. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And not only is there just one way to do this, but there are many languages on this planet. Some of the greatest feats that have been accomplished in history, they've been spurred on by someone else's words. Some of the deepest pain we've ever experienced in life, well, that pain has come through someone else's words. What I want to do first is I want to look at a scripture from the book of Galatians. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, Paul writes and says, Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Very familiar passage. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Now, this idea of sowing and reaping is something that we all believe. We all know this to be true. From money and banking to, to farming, we know that we reap what we sow. And the same is true for our words, for the words that we say, that we speak to other people. You see, we sow seeds in other people's lives by what we say. We sow seeds by what we say. What we say to people and what we say about people matter. What we say to our spouse and about our spouse, it matters. What we say to our children and about our children, it matters. What we say to our church and about our church, it matters. What we say to our city and about our city, the place where God has placed us, it all matters. It matters. Today what I want to do is I want to talk about six truths about your words. And I want to encourage you at the end with something specific. So six truths about you and your words. The first one that I'll point out is this, is that your words have power. We need not forget this. Your words have power. What you say and how you say what you say matters. The Bible tells us about this over and over. If you go to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, the writer of Proverbs says, death and life Notice that. Death and life, these two extremes. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We can use our words to build people up in amazing, amazing ways. Or our words can be used to tear people down in very depressing ways. James talks about this in his short letter. And in James chapter 3, uh, he gives us some powerful images here. In James 3, starting in verse 2, James writes and says, Indeed, we all make many mistakes. That's something we all agree with. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. If we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Notice the power here that James is placing on what we say. He says, if we could control our tongues, we, could be, uh, we would be perfect and could control ourselves in every other way. And then in verse 3 he says, We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing, but it makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Notice the images that he uses here. These are powerful. A bit in a horse's mouth. A rudder on a ship. Not only that, a tiny spark. A tiny spark can set a whole forest on fire. Again, what he's communicating to us is that our words have great power. I know people who would, st would say they started life in, in a horrible place. They had not just humble beginnings, but really bad beginnings. And I know people who, even though that's how their life started, along the way, people kept speaking life into their life. They kept encouraging them. And even though life started off in somewhat of a horrible way, they went on to accomplish great things. And whenever they talk about their story, they point back to the fact that people all along spoke life into their life. At the same time, I know people who had every advantage in life, every advantage you could think of, and yet they did not accomplish great things. But they actually carry wounds, wounds that are there from other people's words along the way, that even though they had all the natural advantages and they could have accomplished great things in life, People constantly pushed them down and put them down by the words that were said to them. I think about my own life. I remember now almost 20 years ago when I felt called to go into ministry. And I remember that there were people around me, they not only confirmed that calling, but they also affirmed me in that calling. And so one of the things we have to remember is that our words have power. They can bring life to someone or death and destruction. The second thing we have to keep in mind is that our words, your words, well, they reveal your heart. Jesus tells us this in Matthew 12, 34. He says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, most of the time, most of the time, uh, we are or have enough awareness to temper our speech most of the time, especially in public when we're around people. Most of the time there's enough kind of shame in the world, there's enough awareness on our part where we kind of control what we say or how we say what we say. But life has this way of cranking up the pressure. Life has this way of happening 
around us and to us and within us. And you see, when the pressure is on in life, when the pressure is really on, that's when we reveal our true self. That's when we really show ourselves for who we are. You see, when the pressure is on in life, when life gets hard, that's when the overriding condition of our heart and our soul actually comes out. And so we have to constantly be aware that not only do our words have power, our words actually reveal something about us. And a good question that I think we need to ask ourselves is, what really comes out of me when life gets hard? Uh, what actually comes out of my mouth? Is it fear or is it faith? But when, when life gets hard, do I just start trying to blame others and criticize other people or talk about the conditions or whatever it may be? Uh, or, or am I speaking something else? Am I speaking the language of God because that's what's actually hidden in my heart? So our words have power. Not only that, our words reveal something about us, namely our heart. But number three is this, and that is that your words cannot be recalled. This is so important. There are so many times in life, as I think back over my life, that, man, I wish I could get those words back. There are times that maybe I said the wrong thing, or I said the right thing in the wrong way. And I wish I could have all those conversations or those comments back. And the problem is, I can't. Once they're spoken, they're spoken. Now scripture tells us this over and over again. And even though it speaks to this topic a lot, many times we do not heed the words of scripture. But if you just take the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 10:19 says, "Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues." The truly wise, they're the ones who can hold their tongues. They can control what they say. Proverbs 15:4 says, "The soothing tongue is a tree of life." Again, there's power in what we say. But the perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Again, over and over scripture talks to us about this. There's power in our tongue, but they cannot be recalled. The words cannot come back to us after we speak them. But the Bible not only gives us warnings about this, Scripture actually instructs us on how to use the words that we have. In Ephesians 4.29, Paul writes and he says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but Instead of letting unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, do something else. But only what is helpful. Helpful for what? Only what is helpful for building others up. And then I love the next line. He says, only use your words for what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. According to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. I love what Paul is saying here. Because Paul is not just talking about some kind of random positivity. He's not just talking about being random with compliments. No, no, no. Paul is talking about strategically speaking life into people's lives. Again, notice what he says. He says, only say what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. 
to a need that you see in their life? How can you speak life into that area? And what we have to remember is that even though our words cannot be recalled once they're spoken, the opposite is also true. Whenever we build people up, whenever we speak an encouraging word, whenever we speak life into someone else's life, that word can actually stay with them for a lifetime. Or it can stay with them as long as they remember it. Some of you have probably experienced this. I know I have. Whenever you think back in life, you think about those moments many years ago where someone gave you an encouraging word, or someone said something to you that really spurred you on and kept you moving through life or through a difficult situation in life. You think back and you remember that encouraging word and you can pull it into the present. And it actually encourages me right here, right now, what I'm going through today maybe. Because the words that we speak to people, they can encourage them over and over again. So just as negative words cannot be recalled, the positive ones, we don't want them recalled. We want them remembered by people so that that encouragement carries on. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 141, verse 3. He says, God, would you help me set a guard over my mouth? Would you... Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. The psalmist is saying this because he understands what we're talking about. He understands there's power in words. He understands it reveals something about us. And he understands that words cannot be recalled. They can't. They can't. And what the psalmist is saying is, God, help me guard my mouth. Set a door over my lips. Only let what needs to go through that door come through that door. Our words that we speak and that we experience in life, they can be forgiven. We can even heal from them. And others can heal from our words. But we have to remember, they cannot be recalled. Forgiveness can happen, yes. Healing can happen, yes. But we can't get them back once they're spoken. The fourth thing that I put before you is this, is that you are accountable for your words. Now, that may sound harsh on the surface. I'm accountable for my words, yes. But, but I want you to hear me out with this one. Jesus tells us this in Matthew 12, verses 36 and following. He says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, so this is a big deal. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. Now, again, that sounds harsh, every careless word. But what I want you to hear here is that even though this may sound harsh, accountability reveals worth. Accountability reveals worth. Or to put it another, another way, we only inspect what we respect. If a teacher gives homework every night but never checks the homework, how valuable is that homework, really? And me with a first grader, I, I want to know, is the teacher checking this or not? How important is this? So again, accountability towards something, it reveals the worth about that something. So this statement reveals the value that God places on your words and your words to other people. Whenever Jesus says, I'm going to hold you accountable for this, He's really saying, this matters greatly. Your words matter greatly, and I don't want you to waste them. I want you to maximize them and speak life into other 
people's life. Jesus is saying, I care enough about you, I care enough about others, and I care enough about your words to others and others' words to you to hold you accountable for them. Again, that reveals the value, the worth of our words. Number five is this, is that your words can bless other people. They can be a tremendous blessing. Again, the Bible tells us this over and over. Again, let's go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 10, 21. The writer says, The words of the godly, the words of the godly, encourage many. Encourage many. Proverbs 15, 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath. Oh, that's an important one for today. Especially in the political season that we're living in. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Proverbs 16.24 says, Gracious words are a honeycomb. Notice that image he's using. They're a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. That is powerful. You see, right when you think that you do not have the resources or the time or whatever it may be to be a blessing to other people, Right when you think you can't do that, God can't use you in that way to bless others, that's when we need to remember, we have the power of words. And our words can be a blessing to other people. I remember several years ago hearing a story. And the story was about a man who, he did his job well. He kind of liked where he worked or what he was doing in his work. But he just didn't feel appreciated at all. He actually thought that even though he liked the work, he didn't think the people he worked with really liked him. And so he just lived in a place of kind of being depressed about that. And so he just started looking for another job. And eventually he found one. And he resigned from the position he had. When he resigned from the position that he had, everybody who worked with him threw him a huge party. And a part of that party was they were celebrating his time there. They were also celebrating him. And they would share stories about how he had impacted their life. After that party and after he started a new job, he said something to me. He said, you know, if I had known that I was that appreciated, I never would have left. I never would have left. When it comes to using our words to bless others, you never know how that's going to impact their life. You never know. And going back to what Paul said in Ephesians, we need to look around us and see people and see what do they need? How do I need to speak life into them and bless them? The last thing I would put before you is number six. And that is that your words can actually bless your life. Your words can bless your life. Now, I don't want you to take that to an extreme. I'm not saying just because you say something out loud or just because you pray something to God that you're going to get it. That's not what I'm saying. But your words can actually bless your life in so many ways. In the book of 1 Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 3, Peter writes, quoting actually an Old Testament psalm, Psalm 34. And as he's writing to these Christians who are scattered who are scattered throughout Asia Minor, he says this. He says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, 
Keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Again, he's quoting the Old Testament there. But, but what he's saying is so true. So many times, the pain that we experience in life, we actually bring it on ourselves by speaking evil and constantly, therefore, thinking evil and letting that come out of our heart or even telling lies and living in a web of lies. But we can actually bring blessings into our life and avoid a whole lot of pain by simply watching what we say and even watching how we say what we say. And I want to encourage you today. My encouragement is to use your words to speak life into other people's lives. But I don't want to leave it just that general. I want to ask you the question, who needs to hear from you? Who needs to hear your encouraging, life-giving words today? Who is that? Just take a second and think. Who comes to mind? Who needs to hear your life-giving words today? You see, when you speak life into people's lives, what you do is you actually join this prophetic chorus of all the saints who have gone before you, who speak life into people's lives on behalf of Christ Himself. And so who needs to hear from you today? Who is that? And then I would say, set a goal for yourself. When are you going to do that? When are you going to send that text? When are you going to pick up the phone and call them or send an email? Who needs to hear your encouragement today? Now that's one issue that I want to put before you. I want to talk about the opposite issue. You may be listening to this thinking, Chris, I've messed up. I've used my words in a very negative way to others or about others. You may say, I've, I've been involved in slander or gossip in some way. Or maybe I've perpetuated a problem by continuing to say things that are negative about that problem. If that's where you are right now, I want to ask you, do you need to repent? Do you need to just pause and repent? And if this is you, you, you know what it is. You know what you said. And do you need to start by saying, God, will you forgive me? I've used my mouth to tear down, not build up. For some of you who are watching this, you may think, uh, not only do I need to repent before God, but I also need to go to someone and ask for their forgiveness. That's a hard thing to do. It is. But it is a healing thing to do. And so you may be watching this right now, listening to these six things, and someone may be in your mind and you may say, I need to pick up the phone and call them or ask to meet with them, whatever it may be, and just to tell them I was wrong. And what I said about you or what I said to you was not right. And I don't want to live with that anymore. Some of you watching this are in a different place, though. For some of you, right now, you're carrying the wounds of someone else's spoken word or words in your life. For some of you, you may have been carrying these wounds for a very long time. I want you to know that 
God can bring healing. God can bring deep, soul-cleansing healing. See, sin in the world, is, it's not just the sin we commit. Sometimes the, the sin that affects us is the sin we experience from other people. And right now, if you're in that place where you say, I, I've been carrying a wound for way too long. God, I need you to do something deep in my life and to heal me. I want to pray for that. I want to pray for all of this. There's a lot of challenges here. And so wherever you are right now watching this or listening to this, whichever one applies to you, when we get to that part, just say, yes, Lord, that's me. May I receive what I need today. Would you pray with me? Father, in this moment, we're just all aware of the power of our words. You've given us this beautiful gift to steward in life. And many times we misuse it. Lord, first I pray that you would give us a heart to speak life into people's lives. I pray that right now you would bring people to mind that we need to reach out to and just give an encouraging word to on your behalf. Lord, would you speak to our hearts in this moment? Lord, I also pray for those of us who are right now thinking about your word and how it is spoken to us today, and we're at that place where we say we need to repent. We come before you in this moment, and we say we have not used this great gift that you have given us well, and we have hurt people. And so, Lord, I pray for those who find themselves there in this moment that they would receive your forgiveness. Lord, I pray for those who are right now, they know who it is they need to talk to. And Lord, there's a little fear there. There's some anxiety there. But Father, I pray for healing among relationships. And if we are the ones who've offended someone else, that we would be big enough and humble enough at the same time to go and seek that forgiveness. And so, Lord, for whoever that is right now, would you give us the boldness to make a choice to step toward healing? And finally, Lord, I pray for those who have been hurt by words that were spoken to them. And maybe it was even someone close to them. Lord, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would do deep work in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls, that those wounds will become scars. Yes, they will be scars, but scars are, they're tough, they're hard. And Lord, I pray that you would bring complete healing to the wounds that we have experienced so that we do not live out of those wounds, but live out of your divine healing hand. And so, Lord, would you do that right here, right now, today. In Jesus' good and powerful name, amen.